0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. When it comes to thinking of leaders that are universally valued, there are not too many, certainly in recent years. But one name at the top of many most respected leaders list would be the late Nelson Mandela, the South African anti-apartheid revolutionary politician and philanthropist who served as President of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. A man, of course, who was imprisoned for 27 years, initially on Robben Island and later on uh, Polesmoor Prison and Victor Verster Prison. When released in 1990, he was involved in negotiations with Nationalist President F. W. de Klerk to abolish apartheid and establish multicultural elections in 1994. He then led the ANC to victory and became South Africa's first black president. Well, this week is a great joy to be joined uh, on The Leadership File by the Reverend Colin Chambers, who served as Nelson Mandela's chaplain for eight years to talk about leadership lessons from that time and indeed his own wider ministry. So welcome, Colin, to The Leadership File.
1: Thank you very much. And can I just say, Victor... Prison. Ah, do you know, I was going to check beforehand. Thank no, you very much.
0: no, I thought I would just... Uh, no, absolutely, that mess, messed me up completely. Start. Thank you. So, good. So, c- obviously, can you recall when you first met Nelson Mandela?
1: Yes, it was in the prison um, little dining room at the section they were in on Robben mm-hmm. Island. And I, I went across there. I wasn't sure if they'd received me. I was asked to be their chaplain. And I walked into the room and there was about eight, nine sitting there. Walter Sisulu, I recognized with his shock of white hair, and this rather enormous man came up and crushed my hand nearly, and said, "The name's Mandela. You're very welcome. How was the trip over?" And then he said, "How's your father?" And I I might come to that. How's your father? If there's time in the interview. Well, interesting little, indeed, cultural tradition. Yeah.
0: Well. So, how did you become to be his chaplain? What was the? um, It's
1: quite a long story. Uh, I was. I went to the Navy for a year and went to University to study pharmacy and came out a special needs primary school teacher <laughs> right and uh, While I was teaching, I carried on in the naval Reserve and then I became a naval officer and then I was called up for support ship for the Angolan War and during that time I became a Christian and I really wanted to become a chaplain in the South African Navy but they asked me to be prison chaplain at the big Polesmore prison complex in Cape Town and I think there was a security breach or something with Robin Island, one of the chaplains I didn't really know and they asked me if I would consider being chaplain to Robin Island as well. And that was when I went across, if they would receive me. There was no guarantee they'd receive me, mm. but Mandela was the leader. If he accepted you, you, you were accepted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's basically how I, I got the job. Sure. And obviously, white South African, that wasn't regarded as... Well, a... it was incredible because I think it, it gives you something of a measure of the man. Uh, Nelson Mandela is three months younger than my late father, uh, they'd be 97 this year. So I was a white South African, and you could say then, young enough to be his son, and was received graciously. And I think that's a measure of the man, Andy. Yeah. Uh, but you actually said you were actually born in, in London. That yes. I, of, I often joke I was born in Southgate, North London, and grew up in East London, South Africa. And then when I was in the Navy, obviously went to um uh, Cape Town. So I—that was where I was. How did it happen? Uh, my late father came across for the war, mm-hmm. met my mother in London. They got married, and I was born. So I was born with two citizenships. I've got two birth certificates. The the South African one says born in England, and the British one is born in Middlesex, Outgate. <laughs> so it's. Yeah. Uh, and and you mentioned
0: you'd come become to faith in the navy. What was, your, what was your journey? Yes,
1: it was very interesting. Um, I. I was a little bit lost in my Navy years, to be honest. Uh, striving, I'd become Lieutenant Commander, which was quite a fair rank oh, at that age. Yeah. And uh, I was... Um, but there was the emptiness, the, the usual uh, vacuum in one's life. And there was a young man there at the time. He was a national serviceman doing his national service, and he was due to run in the Comrades Marathon, which I think is the longest ultra marathon in the yeah. world, And they didn't like him. Um, The sports officer was very anti-Christianity. And I said to him one day, um, I said to him, aren't you devastated if you can't run in that race? You know, the military, you always Mm. got time off for sport. And he said, no, if the Lord wants me to run, no human will stop me. And I said, that's interesting, tell me more. And he got talking, and it was strange because somebody had lent me a tape, How the Lord Works and Builds Up, Mm. somebody had lent me a tape uh, a few months before, and he said in his testimony that you become a born-again Christian. So I said to this um, young national serviceman, I said, tell me, what's a born-again Christian? Is that a new denomination or something? (laughs) And uh, of course, he led me to the Lord, took me to church, and... uh, I committed my life to the Lord and um, within a year I was um, doing Bible studies and God obviously wanted me for the ministry. So it was kind of calling, but from from nothing to into the ministry, I well, suppose that's the journey, isn't well, it? Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back
0: to Nelson Mandela, you, you knew him so well and for so long. There must have been many occasions when perhaps you were surprised by the public. Reception. Yes, can I,
1: can I, if there's mm. time, mm. you can always tell me to hurry up, mm when I said he asked me how was the trip over yes. and how's your father yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what he meant so I said mm. well fine thank mm. you and when I was in South Africa last year I was driving, in fact I was going to Healton, Healtown the, the ruins of the old mission, Methodist mm. Mission School mm-hmm. where he went to school and I had the car radio on, I keep an old car there for trips out and they were giving lessons in Koza and what the lady said if a Koza elder asks you how your father is, mm. part of the causa culture mm. is an indication that you've been accepted. Well, now, I didn't know that until last yes. year, a year and a half after his mm. his death. I wish I had known it at yeah. the time. Yeah, so it was a, a, a term of respect. A term of respect and acceptance, which yes. was very interesting. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, how would you describe his understanding of faith? Funny, yesterday I was looking... Oh, well, let me answer it probably and no. not say yesterday I was looking. I I was looking well I'll come back to it, sorry. No. <laughs> uh, I was looking at a book of his quotations. In fact it's a book called Nelson Mandela by himself. Mm. And he was saying that in one of the the quotations he gives under the category religion, mm. he said, Well when he was at Fort University he taught Sunday school. Um he's always adhered to the Christian faith. Mm. That mm. was a statement that he actually made. Yes. Um, Archbishop Tutu said he went into prison an angry, violent young man, got converted and uh, came out a man of peace and reconciliation. Mm. I believe, um, Andy, that the seeds for his faith uh, and his Christian commitment were sown by the Methodist missionaries at that mm. school in Heeltown. And I, I just rely on the word of God that says my word won't return void and there may have been lulls in it and I think it came to fruition and reality in his prison days so and he he was a man of faith definitely Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've got time to uh, say a little bit more Uh, he was Mm -hmm. yes Um, people forget that uh, he was first and foremost well not first and foremost uh, but he was the consummate politician. Yes. And a politician is all things to all people. Mm. And so he was gracious always. He was the same whether he was with Her Majesty the Queen or the Spice Girls. He loved the Spice Girls. <laughs> um, he So he gave the appearance that he was very at home if he was with whatever mm. faith. But underneath it all, there was that deep Christian faith that mm. he had. And I think it was born out in the the reconciliation and the forgiveness, which Mm. is, of course, he demonstrated the very fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. Uh, Mm. And were you surprised by the way he led South
0: Africa? No, No, not at all. Not at
1: all. Uh, In fact, it was very interesting because uh, I noticed that graciousness in the prison. Mm. And he would always um, ask, you know, how's your church and how's your family and give greetings to the people. And at one stage, I was actually asked to... Uh, not say Mr. Mandela sends his greetings because no. it was offending people. You see that the perception at the time uh, was that he was a terrorist uh, and a violent man, and they didn't know. And I always said, "Well, if he's ever released." And in those early days when I was going there with President P. W. Botha, it didn't seem like he would be released, uh, but we always thought he hoped he would be. Uh, and so I wasn't surprised with that mm. free, that reconciliatory forgiving spirit mm. So you, you were there for, for 8 years mm-hmm. as a chaplain mm-hmm. How long after, before he was released? It wasn't long after because mm. I was also a chaplain at Polesmore Prison okay. So um, it was very interesting if I can just, mm, uh, you do. stop me if there's, <laughs> if there's a time barrier I, I remember I was giving a little message um, one day uh, and I i was as I was sharing that message with that little group of about eight people that came, and I was talking about Joseph imprisoned and coming out as prime minister or the leader of Egypt under pharaoh mm-hmm. and I remember saying when I had a cup of coffee with him in his cell afterwards, mm-hmm. I remember saying that um wow, I I don't know if I should have gone that route because you could be the the head of the prime minister, the president of South Africa. And then we got chatting and I said, remember, Nelson... um Joseph was always a man of forgiveness. Mm. Now, I don't claim that a light came on and <laughs> he suddenly, to a well, colonist said, be a man, Joseph was a man, so I'm going to be. I go back to, I think the seeds were sown yes. at the Methodist school, at the mm. mission station, and I think they sometimes take long to germinate no, and perhaps sure. wilt and then are refreshed again, but maybe it was another brick in the wall. Or the whole thing. No, Terrific to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. While you're listening to The Leadership File, with me, Andy Pack, I'm joined this week by the Reverend Colin Chambers, Colin was the uh, uh, chaplain, uh, prison chaplain for the late Nelson Mandela. We've been talking about his life and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Colin Chambers. Colin uh, served as a chaplain uh, to uh, prison in Robben Island and amongst other prisons, which included the late uh, Nelson Mandela. He was there for uh, his chaplain for some eight years and we've been talking on uh, thus far about how Colin came to faith uh, when involved in the Navy and how soon after was called into Christian ministry and then uh, uh, later invited to be the chaplain uh, on Robin Island with with Nelson and how, how well he knew him. Um, I was just wondering if there was any point, uh, Colin, when you felt nervous when you were with him, uh, given, of course, that you know at the end of the day he was a prisoner who... Uh,
1: you know, might have intended a harm for those who were coming. No, I I never felt nervous Mm. with those ones. Apprehensive, because they said, if they receive you. I did on occasions feel nervous at at Polesmoor Prison because sometimes I was taken into a cell and there were thirty, forty people in that cell, and sometimes the warder didn't say, and he locked me in with them. <laughs> right. But those were the criminal prisoners <laughs> yes, yes, yes. who had stabbed and done yeah, all yeah. kinds of things. But yeah. with those, um, they received me so graciously, Andy. I, I, I can't, I, I can't really describe it. So I never felt. Uh, mm. I always felt welcome, uh, accepted. Uh, they. I've got many little anecdotes. Uh, we had that one hymn. Uh, And they always wanted to close with that hymn, There's Not a Friend Like the Lowly Jesus, and Mm. the penny didn't drop for a while. But if you read the chorus line in that Mm. hymn, It's got Jesus Knows All About Our Struggles, and of course they called it The Struggle. So if anyone's listening and you want a a pub quiz question, (laughs) uh, what was the famous favorite hymn on Robben Island? (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. So, uh, no, I never felt nervous at all, not at all. They they were so welcoming. Nelson Mandela was one of the warmest people you could ever meet. As I said, he was uh, at home with the Spice Girls, at home with, he loved children. Um, That was, of course, the Nelson Mandela Foundation, Mm. a great big Mm. charity for children. Uh, Do you know what his greatest regret was, though? I don't know his greatest regret, no. His greatest regret, and you can see it in his book of quotations under regret, my greatest regret was that I never became the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Well,
0: there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another little thing for your listeners. So he was, a, he was a boxer in his youth, was he? In his youth, he was a, a,
1: a good boxer. He loved boxing. Wow.
0: So. <laughs> I see, I see that. So reflecting on his, his leadership style, and obviously this is a leadership program, yes,
1: what were the things that you, you admired most? Humility, I think, hmm. would stand out pretty well at the top. Uh, a forgiving spirit you know, a a non-vindictive spirit, which I suppose is another word for saying Mm. forgiving spirit. He brought in things like, um, he brought a nation together. There's not really time today, but perhaps in another talk or Mm. another. uh, Just the monumental task it was to bring a nation together. And uh, you've got to be a larger-than-life person to Mm. be able to do that. And things like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which was illegal. It wasn't just Archbishop Tutu um, in tears. And he was in tears when they Mm. confessed their atrocities, whether the security forces or the freedom Mm -hmm. fighters. But it was a legal thing with the Chief Justice of South Africa and a a kind of jury. It wasn't called jury uh, of the leaders of the various political movements and was instituted by Mandela. And uh, former President P.W. Buerta never attended it, and so he was open to be charged, and Mm -hmm. he wasn't pardoned. But uh, Mandela pardoned him uh, on grounds of his health and went to have coffee with the man that would never release him. Well, wow. In um, in the wilderness, not literally the wilderness, it's a mm-hmm. little place uh, between Georgia and Nysen on the garden route in South Africa called Wilderness. And uh, there was also this little white enclave in South Africa called Aronia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of allowed it to continue. It's in a dusty, windswept mm-hmm. area and only whites can live there Um, they wouldn't be able to legally do that but I don't think anyone else would want to live there Mm -hmm. but forgive me if anyone's listening from there Mm. but he went there by helicopter to have coffee and uh, biscuits with uh, Betsy Favut the widow Mm. of the architect of apartheid the late doctor Favut but humility I would say was something that stood out being able to um, empathise with people friends and enemies. Mm. Uh, one of his statements was, uh, resentment and bitterness is like you drinking poison and hoping it somehow kills your enemies. Yes, and uh, so, uh, you know, I suppose there's many other leadership uh, attributes, but uh, be able to take the people with you and give that appearance and, and of being absolutely trustworthy. And to a nation, it came to the same was, if Madiba said it, we believe it. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because he could have been accused of being quite paternalistic sometimes when he Mm. talked to a mass of people. And I remember listening to him on the radio once saying that, uh, I hear there is corruption amongst you. My people, there shouldn't be corruption. Now, he didn't hear. He knew there was corruption. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And of course, um how wonderful was the uh, the going to that rugby match, the oh. World Cup final, dressed in Francois Pinot's rugby togs, or the replica of Francois yes. Pinot, the South African captain. And those were the sort of things that so human, I think I think leaders don't have to be bombastic and mm. authoritarian, to be a man of the people and yet be humble and Somehow reach that stage, and I suppose you've either got it or you haven't, mm. uh, where people are going to believe what you're saying. Mm. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, many of the politicians around the world today, we don't believe what they're mm. saying. Mm. I don't know if that's answered no, your that question. No, it very all, well. Thank an you. Um, we'll, we'll ask
0: about um, in a minute about books that you you recommend mm. um, about uh, Nelson. But of course, you have a you have a ministry yourself, yes. Uh, and yes. you're you, but you're happy to. To talk about Nelson, which, which I think is a gracious uh, comment, yes, if I may yes, say so, about yes. yourself, mm-hmm. that you're, you're happy to mm-hmm. to be known mm-hmm. as the chaplain of Nelson. Yes. But mm-hmm. you, you, have a, you have work you do yourself.
1: I, no, I'm sort of retired now, but I do a lot of itinerant preaching oh. and speaking, and I work with the Christian charity Faith and Football in Portsmouth. We deal with... Um, uh, children from disadvantaged backgrounds Lunvoy Primus Lundvoy Primus L'Envoy, is 20. our patron Mcmello mm. mm. started it mm. and uh, it, it's up for the Queen's Award this year which is the mm. equivalent of an organisation getting the mm. MBE and of course Lunvoi got the MBE mm. this year and I'm um, chaplain of the Gosport Rugby Club so I keep oh, yes. quite busy uh, and I do biblical preaching and teaching but I also do a lot of talks on uh, I think that's how I first met you I gave an mm. overview PowerPoint presentation. I'm actually putting a total of seven together on, like his young days, and mm. people want to know more about what was it like in prison, <laughs> you yes. know. Uh, and uh, of course, that rugby match. There's been a book written on it. There's been a film on that rugby match. The mm. book, uh, Nelson Mandela and the Game that Changed, that uh, that made a nation, mm. Uh, mm. which is a very interesting uh, book. Um, yes. Now, so I'm pretty busy uh, with utterance and speaking and that. Uh, yeah. I'm not a spring chicken, so I'm fully retired but very active. Good, good <laughs> stuff. So go, maybe you
0: could come to the books that you su- suggest yes. if, if folk are interested in in Nelson at all. There's a few that. Well, you, you'd Well, there's the recommend.
1: iconic book that I think um, mm. the book that he wrote, Long Walk to Freedom, mm. is a book that um, a recent book that's come out. Very recently, and I must confess I've only skim-read it, but Mm. I've got it to read properly, Uh, Good Morning, Mr. Mandela about Zelda L'Hranji. And Mm. you asked me earlier in in the interview, uh, a young white South African then, uh, young enough to be his son, taking the age of Mm. our fathers. Um, Zelda L'Hranji was an Afrikaans white woman, Mm. and he chose her as his PA. And you see, there's that reconciliation, that... Mm. um, leadership, almost, that yes. he's prepared to have a broad base. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word coalition. We've got an election coming mm-hmm. up, but you know what I mean, <laughs> sure, the coalition sure. of ideas. So, Good Morning, Mr. Mandela by Zelda Lachranji. Uh-huh. Another book was, uh, I haven't read it yet, Hunger for Freedom. Uh-huh. And that was linked to the food that he likes and uh, those sort of aspects. Um Nelson Mandela by himself Mm -hmm. is a book of his quotations. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed a book called Prisoner in the Garden. If people want to know what it was like in prison and the hard labor and that sort of thing. And notice he often wore dark glasses because they worked in that blindingly white limestone quarry in the early days. uh, They weren't doing hard labor when when I was Mm. chaplain. And that was called A Prisoner in the Garden by Nelson Mandela. And... um, Mandela, The Authorized Portrait, another good book, uh, edit- uh, a foreword or introduction by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Mm-hmm. I haven't read Conversations with myself. I bought it and it's been recommended to mm. me. But there's many books. I, I I, I, I stood clear of reading books because I thought, I don't want to be critical of anything. Obviously, books written by himself. I, sure, I sure. wouldn't be critical of that. But so many people wrote about him. And I, I saw him at that, got to know him well at that very bleak period of his life mm-hmm. in prison. We saw hardly anybody except Indeed. legal people uh, and his wife when he was at the time. But I don't know if that helps with no, a does, few book much. ideas. No, absolutely. Thank you. And and
0: you mentioned, what do you think sustained him during that time? Was it Was it his
1: faith? Was it a sense of maybe one day? I think it was a mixture of things Andy I think you can't discount his faith Mm. his faith was very strong Mm. and his belief again going back to Mm. the Mm. seeds in his life encouragement perhaps perhaps I played a small part Mm. in that Mm. I think it was the belief you know when he was in court for his trial he said that I've cherished the ideal of freedom uh, and the sort of multinational, multiracial mm. South Africa, and it's an ideal that I'm, pre- I'm, I'm prepared to... Li- i get the quote right. Mm. I'm living for and, if necessary, prepared to die for. Yeah. And I think he was aware, you know, there's a grapevine in prison. Mm. Uh, that Newspapers were censored. Their mm. letters were censored. But prisoners get the information from somewhere. I think he knew there was a groundswell... Uh, of support around the world to get him out and uh, I like to think maybe I played a small 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 part in that encouragement but I think I think he was a man with a mission if I could use that word and he never said that in so many words but I do believe that he had this dream this vision this mission to bring South Africa together Mm -hmm. well wonderful well it's it's a joy to chat with mm-hmm. you, Colin. Thank you so much for
0: sparing the time and coming and sharing so warmly and candidly about uh, about this great man. So Thank you very much. So you've been listening to the Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by the Reverend Colin Chambers, uh, as uh, as he has been talking about he was the chaplain of uh, the late Nelson Mandela, and uh, we give thanks to God for um, for the way in which uh, you know he was used to uh, to bring so much reconciliation. Um, uh, and and th- thanks to Colin, who was in the the man at the right place at the right time to to support and encourage him so you 've been listening as I say to the leadership file do tune in to uh, the um, or rather do log on to the uh, premier's own website www.premier.org dot uk and you can listen to archived versions of leadership file and i'll be able to put some of the the links to some of the books uh, that uh, colin has recommended if uh, if you want to get on and uh, and buy some yourself if you have an interest in this so look forward to your company again next sunday at three thirty. Uh, thanks for tuning in